Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Can you see me or do I need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and and for your grace and your goodness and for just loving us and being so faithful. Thank you for, for the sunshine and just let, let your your love and your light shine on all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to start off with the gospel according to Isaiah. So it says this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of the rocks. The Spirit of the Lord shall out of the, out of the rocks. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot my glasses and my Bible at home. So I borrowed a Bible from back here. I'm in Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And then for you guys who want to chase me, we're going to go to Romans text. Romans start volume 1. And then we're going to roll from there. How's that? Okay. So, um, anyway, it's not rocks. It says this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of the roots, not rocks. Okay. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit spirit of knowledge of the fear of the Lord. Now here's some things that that um, that I really think about a lot because you can have wisdom and you can have knowledge, but if you don't know how, you don't understand it, know how to apply that, then really it, it's not a lot of good to have. Like you ever see people that. They talk about they have all this book knowledge, but they don't know how to apply that to simple stuff. And I'm not against book knowledge. We need good book knowledge. We need to know the word. But we also need to be able to, to discern and understand what God's saying through the word. And we can only do that by, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, revealing that to us. Because it's in him we live and move and have our being, right? It's not by might, not by power, but what? By the Spirit. Everything comes out of the Spirit, comes out from the inside out and works out. In in Scripture, um, he says we need to to work in your salvation, right? He said we work out our salvation. What's he saying? It works out of us. It's who is our salvation? Jesus. Jesus is our salvation. So we have Jesus living in us, working through us, and being in us, and he's working in and through us to do something. And as we walk that salvation, Jesus himself is working out of us and giving us not just the wisdom and and the knowledge, but we have an understanding of what's going on in, in, in the word that we can actually literally apply to our lives, and it works right we're trying so much of the time to work 
when it's really the word that works, right? And I'll get into that here in a second because in Romans, Romans, the first four chapter of Romans, I'll get there in just a second, but I'll give you an overview real quick. The first four chapters of Romans are really the summary of the whole entire Bible, right? That, well, how can that be? Well, the first chapter is about indulgence, right? Deals with indulgence. The second chapter deals in comparison. The third chapter, you know what it deals in? Trying to save yourself. And then we get to chapter four. And you know what that's about? Can't tell you everything. You're going to have to wait to, to hold on. But the Bible is all about that. So we say, and here, here we're either trying to indulge because we give, give, give up and we're just like, we're trying to soothe our own, our own desires or soothe our own hurts. So we're trying to, to indulge in things that really don't even make a difference in our lives. Trying to fix it. So we go all the way over here and do stuff and that stuff we never find hope in. We never find peace in. We never find what we need in that. But that's where we're trying to, it's like we're medicating ourselves. Literally. Some people do it with all different things. It's just not like we can do it with horses. Right? We can do it with football. We can do it with, with drugs or we can do it with with all kinds of different things, drinking and, and, and sex, and you just go on and on and on. Where, where what we're really trying to do is fill a hole in us. It can only be filled by one person, and his name is Jesus. So there's an indulgence there, and that's that's where, where we get to where we're trying to fix something, and it almost goes back to where we're in Romans chapter 3, where it's about saving yourself, Right? You know what? I'm in big trouble. So now I better do this because if I don't do this, this is going to happen. And then it just turns into a big hamster wheel. You're always trying to do something to get out of something or trying to do something to do something or, or, or you hear what I'm saying? And you're always trying to save yourself. But you can't. And that, that's where the, where Paul really hit him, man. Like if you really bear down and listen to what, what the apostle Paul said. He really hit him hard. And what he hit him with was not works. What he hit him, hit him with was grace. Cause he's saying, is God a liar? He's like, if, if you don't believe what God says, what you're saying is, you know, more than God. Really what you're saying is you're God's God. That's exactly what you're saying. And really what that's done is that's put you as an idol. You know, you can be an idol. Yeah, you can. Like, I mean, I know you look at me and you're, wow, you're so good looking and handsome and smart and got it together. So I can see how someone can think that about it. You know? <laughs> but if you think I'm good looking, you should see Jesus. <laughs> Man, he's so, so awesome and, and so good to us. But I'll, I'll get to where I'm going in a second, but it says the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. You ever need, need counsel? You ever, you ever need might? You ever need something to move in your life that you don't have the power to move out of or move in your own flesh? Guess what? God does. And it, it's a person. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. 
He, he has the wisdom and the understanding. He has the counsel and he has the power, the might to accomplish everything that he needs to do. He will stand behind before this mighty mountain of Zerubbabel. You know what he says? These walls, this mountain will come down, right? But he says, but it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Because why? Because our might doesn't come through our flesh. Our power comes through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God living and flowing through us. If we depend on us, we're all in trouble, man. We're all in trouble. So he goes on and says this. He, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Now, who's the Lord again? I am that I am, right? When, 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 when God appeared to Moses in, in a burning bush, and they called the fire department, and here the fire jumpers are coming in to jump on it. And Moses like, no, no, wait, this is God. Don't put it out. No, here's, here's a burning bush coming up in the middle of nowhere, burning on its own and not being consumed. And so Moses goes up and, and he's telling Moses, hey, you know what? I've called you. You think you're in a desert. You think you're all by yourself. You think that your life is hopeless. You think that you've messed everything up. You killed a man, man. You were set exactly where, where you needed to be to redeem Israel, right? Because God, like that's got to be God's plan, right? Have a baby get Get, get the baby rescued from all the people trying to kill him by sickening him in a river full of crocodiles and floating it down the bamboo thing. And then the princess gets it, right? And then he comes up and comes like next to Pharaoh, man. He was, he was royalty. He really had the teeth to change something. If there was ever going to be a time in the history of the people of Israel and their slavery to change them, that had to be the method. Here he is. That's the way that we do it, right? That's the way we try to change things in our country. Like, well, we need to elect this guy and elect that guy. We need to be a Republican or a Democrat, and then they're all messed up because we're all human. One's so far this way and one's so far that way. And God's like, how about you trust me to do it my way because I have a way, right? The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. So here, here Moses is, and he figures out, hey, dude, I ain't an Egyptian, man. Right? And so he sees him kill, uh, being brutal to his brothers. And so what does Moses do? Hey, Dad, you know that guy was doing that? I think maybe Moses could have done that. Maybe. Maybe. He's in a position, but you know what he did? He got angry. And he tried to do it in his own strength. And what did he do? He killed a man. Then he had to hide and run and was banished. He's in the desert. He went from here to here, man. Ever been around sheep? They're dumb. <laughs> they stink. They, there's no really communication. Like you can't really touch their head. They don't like their heads patted. They're, they're just just weird. That's where he ended up with. From the palace 
Dude, really, the desert, not even a pastor, trying to guide dumb sheep to the next place. And that's where God says, you know what, Moses? I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. It's not exactly what you would have planned. It's not exactly how we would originally write a book and say how it happened. It's not how we think things would happen now. We all plan our lives and think this is the way it's going to go. But God said, that very thing that you thought took you out has set you up to draw out an entire nation. See, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I called you. Before even when Abraham, when he put him to sleep, right, to make his covenant, God made the covenant. He said, this is what's going to happen. Your children are going to go into slavery, and they're going to be into slavery for 400 years plus, right? And then he says, guess what? But I'm going to bring them out. You know what? God knew Moses all the way back then. Now think about that. That's a long time. He knew Moses all the way back then. And you know, you know what he said? Oh, time out, Abraham. Let's redo this. Because your great, 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 great grandson, Moses, he's going to mess up. And he's going to get mad, and he's going to kill someone, and that's totally going to disqualify him. No, he didn't. God knew Moses. God had a plan for Moses. Every inch, every step of his life. Man, you could say, that's bad luck. Man, I got to get the basket, get floated down, and hey, everything's good. Raising and kills the guy, ends up in the desert. And then what's worse is God says, you got to go back and let and tell them, let my people go. I mean, that's got to be like, man, can't you call? Where's Aaron? Like, like call Aaron. Like, Aaron's my great, 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 great grandpa. So, so I, I got kind of have a kinship for Aaron and, and Moshe, you know, and Moses, right? But anyway, but it's like, what, why don't you use Aaron? And kind of did, you know. Why don't you use someone else? Like, isn't there someone from from... Another tribe, isn't there someone from another place? Can't you use them? Because, like, I'm comfy out here. Like, I got these dumb sheep. We're just going in circles. Nothing. Right? Use someone else. How many of us get comfortable where we're at? Comfortable in the badness. Comfort, comfortable in in the crap so comfortable we're more willing to be in the crap than we are to step forward into something that we don't know how many of us so what does he do he calls moses and it goes perfect for moses he's like pharaoh let god's people go god said who's god he like he didn't know he said said who is this he said i'm the god of your fathers abraham isaac and jacob he's like i need a name right because you see pharaoh has a name you know, everybody's got a name. I even got a name. I need a name. Who am I going to tell him sent me? And he said, tell him I am. That I am sent you. You know what he's saying? I am the God of your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and David. What is God? That's Elohim. He's a creator. He's the life giver. He's the breather of life. And he can literally consume a bush with burn it without it even being burned up. How freaky is that, man? I am sent you. So he goes to Pharaoh and he says, Hey, 
God said, Elohim, the creator, said, let my people go. They're like, those are my people. Those are my slaves. But you know what? Since you asked nicely, and you come back after all these years, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let them go. Let them go. Not only am I going to let them go, but they can have all the stuff, all the gold, all the silver, all our livestock, you know, yeah, just let them go, you know. No. You know what? Moses didn't even ask for him to be free. He asked for him to be free to go worship for a period of time. He said, who sent me? Who sent you? I am. Sent you. I am that I am. Not I'm going to be. He's not the great I'm going to be. And he's not the great I was. Jesus isn't just coming. He has already came. And he's here right now in and through us. Right? So Moses kind of worked out for Moses, didn't it? Even though it looked hopeless. Even though it looked like he had failed. Even though it looked like he wasn't in a good place. God did something great in Moses' life. It says his delight is in the fear of the I am that I am. That very essence that breathes life. Your very breath. Every time you breathe in and breathe out, you breathe him in and you breathe him out. And Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Oh, wait a second. Faith comes by seeing and seeing everything. No. And he shall not We'll walk by sight and not by faith. No. No. We walk by what? Faith. By faith and not by sight. Nor, it says, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor. Now listen. Nor decide by the heritage. How shall, how shall they know unless someone sin? How shall they know if someone sins a gospel, preaches a gospel, right? If faith comes by hearing, how are you going to hear if it doesn't come by hearing? How are you going to have faith if you can't see? You're not talking about these, because that means if someone's blind or deaf, they're hopeless. Right? You know, people blind and deaf actually can't talk or actually can't communicate. Even if they can't talk, there's some way they can communicate. There's still a spirit inside there. They can still hear and they can still see. That's what he's saying. I want you to get beyond the physical. I want you to get beyond what you're seeing in the physical and trust me with all of your brain. Heart. All your what? Heart. All your heart. Are you going to trust him? Or are, you going to, or are we going to try to do things in our own strength? Or are we going to try to save ourselves? Or are we going to try to do other things, right? This goes into the comparison because it says this. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. Oh, wait a second. Now he's judging. 
Uh-oh. Here's here's the bad part of God that we see. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. Wait a second. He just said he's not. Um, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes or by the hearing of his ears. You know what he's saying? I'm not judging because I see you, Moses, killing somebody. Or that I heard everyone talking about. Didn't you hear about Moses? He killed this guy, man. He's an outlaw, man. He's like Jesse James. They had, they had, had like, like pictures of him at every post office in, in Egypt. Wanted, dead or alive. They could see, they could hear. God didn't judge Moses the way that people judged Moses. Now listen, and it says this. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Jesus said, let the poor say, I am in trouble. <laughs> let the weak say, I need to find Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and go work out with him and get, get that all this whey protein and start lifting and pumping whey. No. You know what is righteous? Right standing is Jesus seeing them as a father, seeing them as sons and daughters of the most high God. See, there's no Jew or Greek. There's no Republican or Democrat. There's no pastor and layman. There, there's, there's no American and Kenyan or Korean. Not, not in the kingdom. We're all on equal footing. And you know what that equal footing is? It's on the foundation of Jesus Christ himself. On Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We only have one hope. We only have one place to stand, and that's in <laughs> Jesus and who he is and who he is in our lives. And it's something we can't ever forget. Because there's power in that. So Jesus said, let the weak say, I am strong. Because I am. It's Yahweh. That's, that's invoking the name of God. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Why? Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to our job or our bank account. No, don't say that. According to the economy and who's president, according to what's going on in the world. No, according to what? His riches in glory. Yeah, you're loaded. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins. What is? You know what that means? That's what holds our pants up. Right? I think even in the armor of God right there's a belt, right? What's that belt called? Truth, I think, isn't it? You now, cowboys have a belt called truth too. But the truth's on the buckle champion <laughs> right jesus says 
champion of champions, king of kings, lord of lords. That's the truth. And he says, what holds it up is my righteousness. Without his righteousness, everything goes apart. Why? Because, because if sin was imputed to us, how much more is God's grace and forgiveness imputed to us through the sacrifice of Jesus himself? So just like Moses, Jesus was prophesied way before his time. And God had a plan for him. Well, he had a plan too. He volunteered. Hey, Dad, I'll do it. I love him. So here's where it comes. We get into this comparison stuff where we're judging. Not just judging other people, but we, we compare ourselves to others. Right? And when we compare ourselves to others, what we're really doing is we're judging others and we're judging ourselves. Does that make sense? So either, oh, I wish I was like that person because they're so much better than me, or, oh, look at you. You sorry, dog. Either way, do you know what we're doing? Is we're eating from the wrong tree. We're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of of eating from life, because in Jesus, it's all level ground. We all have the same Holy Spirit in us. There's not a Holy Spirit junior. Like, pastor don't have, like, a Superman on his, and you guys have Robin or something. <laughs> right? That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus, that raised, Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, you know where he lives? He was in heaven. He was with Jesus and God. He got tired of all this. No, where does he live? In us. In us. The same, listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you, right? I love this because he said, it says, and he shall decide equity from the meek. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his ways. Not just righteousness, but faithfulness. Doesn't this sound like the gospel a little bit? This is in Isaiah, though. It ain't supposed to be good news till Matthew. We're a little early, right? The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion. And the, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hunt nor destroy in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He shall be a banner. What do you do with a banner? You hang it up on a post. He shall be a banner to the Gentiles. You know what that banner says? You are free. I pay, death paid in full. You are free. And the Gentiles shall seek you. 
and his resting place, that shall be glorious. Now, we don't think like that. See, because Jesus wasn't killed, and he didn't just die. He gave his life. In fact, he couldn't even die without his permission. He had to say, unto you, Father, I commend my spirit. That's power, man. And then he died, and then he, they put him in, this, in the, this tomb. And this tomb wasn't just like a hole in the ground where most of the people that got, got probably crucified were didn't have that kind of treatment. And it was a glorious, man. They put him in a tomb, but even the fleshly glory that people would say how he was honored in the flesh never compared to what happened in that tomb. What happened in that place of death? What happened in that place where it looked like everything had ended? Man, even God, like, like, was the, like the whole earth shook and trembled, man. There, it was like, the curtain in the temple ripped from, from, from the head to the toe, from the top to the bottom. And God was literally saying, look, this meant everything and it accomplished everything. There is no more barrier between us. But for three days, it didn't look like that. For three days, do you know what it looked like? All hope was lost. Here was the Messiah. Now he's dead, man. Not only is he dead, but they killed him. They can't, you shouldn't be able to kill God. <coughs> We're hopeless. Who's going to raise the dead? Who's going to heal the sick? All these things that he said he was and that he promised. It's dead. It's gone. There's no hope for us. Like Moses in the desert. His life was dead. It was gone. But something happened. Like David in a cave where God gathered his mighty men. Like Elijah after a great victory, feeling sorry for himself, and God literally had to feed him because he didn't have Prozac yet. <laughs> and encouraging. Think about that. Here Jesus is. All the hope's gone. And the Bible's talking about, and his resting place shall be glorious. What looked glorious about that, man? Marred beyond recognition, beaten, tortured. This isn't just the Son of God. This is God himself in flesh. Come to save people, and people killed him. You know, we're always trying to save ourselves. God himself refused to save himself so he could save us. You know why? So that we can follow his lead. So that we can say, you know what? I'm going to trust you. If you can do that, then I can do that. I refuse to try to save myself. I'm going to allow you to be my savior. Can't save himself. Why? Because the only one who has the ability to judge is the one who's been there and done it perfectly. Romans talks about that very, very plainly, and I'll get to that here in a second, maybe. See, so I'll just talk about it right now. 
components too. It says, it's therefore, if you are inexcusable, man, whoever you, who are you to judge? For if whatsoever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. You know what he's saying? <clears throat> Here's what's real important about comparing and judging. When we compare others, what we're really judging is ourselves because it's like a boomerang. It's not God doing it to us. It's us making the choice and doing that to ourselves. Does that make sense? Because what you put attention on is what you give power to. What you highlight is what you bring into your life. And then he's saying here, he's like, like now, now listen, this is such a powerful thing. And this is in Romans, like a grace chapter. But God's trying to get a point to us here. He's saying, oh man, he's like, therefore you are inexcusable, oh man, whoever you are to judge for in whatsoever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. This is Paul, man, the dude who held the coat, if not participating in killing Christians. The dude who judged them and said, you are worthy to die because of your belief in Jesus, that dude is now standing here saying, who are you to judge? It's inexcusable to judge. The one who knew the word, who knew the law, inside and out, and could cut you down with it or lift you up, either one. An expert, raised in every aspect of it, knew every loophole, knew everything, knew the religious aspects of it where everyone would judge, but they had a loophole that they could jump through. And he knew that it wasn't good enough because they were trying to do what Romans 3 talked about, which is save themselves by their own strength. That's Antichrist. And he says this, oh man, whoever you are, whoever you are who judge for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same thing that you will, that, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God is what leads to leads you to repentance? Not judgment, not condemnation, not you rotten sinner. You're going to hell? Like, yeah, I am. I ain't going with you to hell, though, because where you're at is probably about us living through hell here. Now listen, it's so powerful. But in accordance with the hardness and the impenitent heart, you are treasure, you, not God, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the in in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of god who will render to each one according to his deeds do you want to live by the law where if you're guilty of one little inch of it you're guilty of thinking about it jesus said you're guilty of every bit of it and you know what not one of us here can stand in that not one of us that's why we needed jesus now it says this, 
But in accordance with, with the hardness, actually will render the, the eternal life to those who by patient continuance in, in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and hey, wait, wait. This is religion. This is righteousness through words. Like I'm trying to do good. I'm doing good because I want to save myself because I want to do good and I know more than God because he already said I ain't good enough without Jesus. And now, you guys see the rabbit hole and the, and the hamster wheel where it keeps turning and turning and turning? Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality in God. For as many of sin without law will also perish with uh, as sin without law will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just to the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do things in the law, these allow not having the law, that these, these although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them. Know what we're doing? One or the other. When you're in the law, we're either accusing or we're excusing. Well, you did this. I did this, but I did this because of a reason. It's okay for me to do it, but it's not okay for you. Everything here is about grace with Paul. In that day, because if anyone needed grace, it's, it's him. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Time out. I've always heard that as a negative. Uh, oh man, here Jesus is. Here's that lamb on the seat that's going to judge us all. He's going to, oh man, he knows what I thought. He knows what I did. I'm in trouble. There's no hope for me. Not at all. You know what he said? I'm going to judge all men by what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? That Jesus comes. God himself, creator of the heavens and the earth, in him all things exist, come to earth as man and die as you so you could live as him. So guess what I'm going to judge you as? As he is, so am I here. It's not a negative. What's he saying? The negative is trying to live in our own words, trying to, trying, trying to compare ourselves those we think are better and those that we think are worse. We're accusing and we're excusing. In the day when God will judge the secrets of man and Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Indeed, I love how Paul calls it my gospel. Because I thought it was mine. It is my gospel. Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law. You know what he's saying, man? You know the word. And you approve of it. 
but you are not going to save yourself. And are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blaspheming among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law, but if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. What does he say? We don't tell people about Jesus and the gospel because we sin? No, he's saying we don't teach people that their salvation is through their works. Because that's what turns people off. And that's what makes God out to be a liar. Shuts people completely off. That's what he's saying. Now listen. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps a righteous requirement of the law, will not his uncircumcised be counted as circumcised? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor, transgressor of the law? That's Paul. That's the grace preacher, man. You know what? He's trying to get his point across. He's talking to religious people here. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Let's hear that. Listen to that. That he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, which praise is not from men, but from God. What shall we say? Romans 4 1 says, What then shall we say of Abraham our father? Has found according to the flesh, for if Abraham was justified for works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And in 17, it says this. Actually, I'm going to read, start in 14. For if those who are of the law are are heirs, faith is made void of the promise, made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to our works. According to what? To grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also of those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. We are all the seed of Abraham. We're all included. Now listen to this. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. 
Listen, not just Israel. Many nations. In the presence of him who believes. God. Elohim. The one who breathed life into Adam. The one who created the stars and the moon and the sun. Who gives life. Elohim who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the dead as a servant womb. He did not waver at the promise of the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had what he had promised, he was able to, to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Thank you, Father, for your word, and thank you for being here and loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.